0: Hi, I'm Jenna. And I'm Mark. And you're listening
1: to... Cincinnati Zoo Tales.
0: Alright, welcome back everyone to Cincinnati Zoo Tales.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to have all you listeners back for another episode. We really appreciate it. Today we're being joined by Eunice Fromm, who's one of our keepers in the children's zoo. She's also a trainer and really helps with the Barnyard Bonanza program, which I'm super excited to hear more about.
0: Not only helps with, you started that and like came up with
2: the idea and concept and. In- everything, right? From the ground up. Yeah. So at the time I was working in Houston and I got a call from Amanda Chambers and she had said if, if there was any interest in helping to start a new show in Children's Zoo. And that was back in December, 2010. Oh my gosh. So I
0: remember that you did leave, Mm -hmm. like you were here and you left and you came back, but I didn't realize it was specifically for the barnyard show.
2: Yeah, so right before I left, um, Dave Jenneke had kind of chatted a little bit about wanting to start another show and if that's something I'd be interested in. And of course, like, that sounds really fun, like so many opportunities. So when I got the call, yeah, I was excited. I that's, mean, this is a great zoo, so I was happy to come back. That's awesome. So I
0: guess we should back it up. And you work in the children's zoo, mm-hmm. and we mentioned you were here, and you left, and you came back. So where did you get your start? We always kind of, you know, tell everybody's stories a little bit.
2: So I majored in biology uh, in Evansville, Indiana, the University of Southern Indiana. And then I did an internship uh, at Marine Land where I learned so much about training, so I worked with dolphins. That's cool. So then I got hired there full-time after college, so I spent two years there learning all about interactive programs, lots of training, like I was just a sponge, it was so much fun to learn about. And then I actually came and worked here at Cincinnati Zoo in the Cheetah Show, so I spent two Mm. years helping out with that program, which is amazing. Was it hard to leave the dolphins? Yeah. It (laughs) it was. At the time, I did want to move closer to home. Okay. But I'm so thankful for getting that opportunity. And again, it was just all about training. And at the time, so when I worked there, originally they had done shows with the dolphins, and then they wanted to switch to doing uh, programs with people coming in the water. So it was a lot about interactive, Mm -hmm. which is what the barnyard show sort of looks like. I think it's just from the history of, you know, where I was at when I first started learning about how to work with people and animals and bring it all together. the
1: two, yeah.
2: Yeah, so... So then, yeah, I spent two years in the cheetah show, and I loved it, and then I went to work in Houston since I wasn't full-time, and then here I am. I'm back. Wow, so you've been back and forth a few mm-hmm. times, which is really mm-hmm. cool.
1: So what took you to Houston?
2: So, again, I wasn't full-time in the cheetah show, so I was just kind of looking at other opportunities, and there was a full-time position down at the um, the downtown aquarium. So tigers, parrots, birds of prey, um you have quite the range of yeah, a little bit of do. everything. What's fun though is people are like, you did it backwards because you know you started with dolphins, <laughs> cheetahs, like all these amazing, exotic, iconic animals, and then here I am working in the children's suit and I love it. Good, well, <laughs> I do. That's I love okay. It. And there's always mm-hmm.
0: something fun about every animal. You can always find something you enjoy. Sure. But also, you you did a bunch of really cool things and mm-hmm. got an experience with a wide variety, and now you found something you love and. Honestly, who doesn't love the mini Juliana pigs, yeah. right? Oh, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I had
2: no idea. So I'd never worked with <clears> pigs before. Uh, so when I started in the children's zoo, we were kind of brainstorming on what what do we want the show to look like? What animals are going to be part of the show? And uh, Megan Kate at the time, she was like, would you be interested in working with pigs? I'm like, I've never worked with pigs. And then we got these three pigs and I didn't realize how smart pigs are, how much fun they are to work with. Yeah, I love those three little pigs. Magnolia, Thatcher, and Cinder. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> for any of our
0: um, listeners that have been to the zoo or come to the zoo often, especially members, I'm sure you've seen Eunice out and about because you walk a lot of different animals, but the pigs are are ones that I hear like
2: people talk about. They roll out a red carpet. Mm-hmm. They can greet yeah. you in the
0: morning.
2: Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us yeah. a little bit
0: about them. So and,
2: um, pigs, they naturally like to root, so teaching them to roll out that red carpet was really easy. So it's something that we do for the members, which we'll start it consistently once the temperatures warm up. But yeah, we just walk them out to the main entrance. They roll out the red carpet for all the members. And then we walk back. And then we usually try to get them out a couple other times throughout the day. But I mean, these animals naturally like to walk, um, you know, they're grazers, all these animals. So we walk our pigs, we walk our goats, our sheep, our llama alpaca. We used to have mini cows that we walked. And it's just fun for everyone. The guests get to come up and talk to us. We get to talk about what we're doing with these animals, giving them exercise, enrichment. It's just easy to have those conversations. And it's... I love when people are just walking to the zoo. They're like looking at a map trying to figure out where to go. And then we walk by with pigs and it's those little fun moments that I think are really fun to have. (laughs) Like those surprise encounters. And I feel like we can do that so well with all of our collection, with all of our animals that we have.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing to point out is your job is similar to ours, but it's a little different in the sense that you're working with animals that the public can safely interact with for the most part when they follow, you know, certain protocols and are respecting the animals. And so you're one of the the keepers that really enjoys interactions and mm-hmm. like reaching out to the public and being out and seeing people, which is more of a trend these days. You know, it's more part of our job doing chats and talking with people, but it definitely takes a certain type of person or keeper that is willing to go out and about and do that. But you get to work with animals and educate people mm-hmm. and inspire them. And I think that it's just a really important part of your specific job. So I totally get why you love what you're doing. It's, it's like made for
2: you and it's completely different, but it's really neat. And you still have all the husbandry and all of that. Yeah, Yeah, we do exactly. We do everything. We take care of those animals, but exactly. We're out. And even if we're not actively in a show or actively walking animals, a lot of times we'll just be out training. So the barnyard show got its start just in the walkway of children's zoo. So that's how we started. So when I first started, we had some old goats, some old chickens, too many cows. So I would just be out in the middle of the path working on training animals. So I think it was kind of fun because I got to see what people really liked, what kids really enjoyed getting to help out with, so it kind of helped tailor what the show was going to look like. Okay, that's mm, yeah, great. I'm glad you said that, because I was wondering how you decided, like, <laughs> the theme of the show, and, like, well, it's, hard.
0: it's one thing to train an animal to do something, right? Um, but to put it all together and turn it into some sort of experience that actually flows and has a theme mm-hmm. or a story, that's, like, how did you come up with that? I mean, you kind of just told us, but... Yeah, so...
2: When I first started, there was three goats named Mocha, Rigel, and Archer who have now passed. But when I started, they were about 11 years old, which for a goat, that's older. So I still, they were the first that I kind of started just training in the middle of the path. And it's funny, people like, how did you figure out what to train? I'm like, I just trained things that I would think of with dolphins. Like, we would train dolphins to go to guests and do fun things and then come back. So that way the guest... And the dolphin, so now the guest and the animal, has their own little moment, but I'm not part of it. Plus, it's good photo ah, opportunities. yeah. So I call them away behaviors, but I think I brought a lot of dolphin terminology back to, like, training goats and pigs. So I just started doing that kind of training in the past. So, like, a goat will go over to a kid, like, get a handshake, come back. Or I'll give the kid a hoop, and the goat goes and jumps to the hoop. But there's, like, this fun moment where it's just the kid and the animal, and I'm just back here, you know. And I think the parents love that, getting to oh, see I'm all that. Oh, for sure. So the first couple summers we didn't even have a fence line. So we were just kind of out there just doing a show. We had no doors on our little stage. And so kids would come up. It was fun doing the show because you had a little bit of space and then the kids kept getting closer. And closer. (laughs) (laughs) And then before you know it, you had no space, but that means you're doing everything right. The goal here is to get kids like interested and intrigued and get them to want to stick around. So yes, that's kind of how the infancy of it. So we didn't have the pigs early on. So yeah, it was goats, chickens, we even had pigeons for a little while. So we'd have the kids release the pigeons. They would fly back over the uh, goat yard to where they were Homer pigeons, so back to where mm-hmm. they lived. Um, but, yeah, we've had Blakely the dog who helped us out in the shows. We've had – we even had turkeys help out for a little bit. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Tyson uh, – <laughs> so they were here when I first started. So Tyson and but- they would just kind of do an A to B back and okay. forth. Um, we actually had – the first couple years, Callie was a dog who was part of the cheetah show – We had her help us out. So she was trained to, you don't have to jump through hoops to recycle. So I'd give her a (laughs) bottle and I'd have a kid hold a hoop and she'd run through that hoop. So, and that was all, again, early on when we didn't really have seating or a stage. So we were just kind of out in the middle of the path. And then about three years in, we sort of had a stage built and some seats we also used to do chicken races, which was really fun. So do you not do them anymore? It's hard with the setup now because there's just the spacing looks a little different. Okay. So yeah, we would part the crowd and we would do chicken races and kids loved <laughs> chicken. <laughs> It Chicken. I think their highlight, they would, we would stretch it out beforehand. And I would also, I'll never forget this story. There's so many cute kid moments, but I would show like what we're going to feed the chickens for doing a good job running. And this kid, I'll never forget, he, pick, he picked up the mealworm and he just ate it. Without even hesitation, Oh, no. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, you gotta chew it now!" It doesn't crawl back up your throat, you know those silly stories that you talk about. But I, I love doing what I do, but I, for so many reasons, and one is just those little kid moments that you have throughout doing the barnyard shows. What do the
0: parents do when they? I know. I well, what's funny they've is they've been coming
2: to the show a lot, so I think that's okay. why he was so brave, and so he's fine. I see okay. him all the time. That's <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, no. Oh my gosh! You Thankfully, left. they were fine. They were laughing. I think they might have been filming it, so they were having a great time. But yeah, there's like these little moments with kids that you never forget.
1: But that's genius to, like, how you said you kind of took the behaviors from Dolphin and translated (laughs) it into your show. But, like, that's genius. I would never think to translate what you use for training marine mammals and have that for pigs and goats and everything else that you work with. And to be able to take that moment to the kid. Like you say, the goats walk up to the kid and approach it. It just the level of interaction is totally different and it really draws them in I'm sure and
2: that's yeah. the thing like we have the bird show which is amazing amazing we have the cat show which is great so it's the barnyard show had to have its own niche yeah. but I think what we could really do in the barnyard show is again those little interactions with the animals going to the kids so I feel like yeah that's what we really worked hard on It's kind of you know doing, doing that
0: yeah I mean I think it's really cool that the animals are trained well enough that you can send them away and they come back and they'll have a safe interaction with the kids um, but Kids are getting to see animals do things that are, it may not seem like it in the moment, but natural behaviors. You mentioned, you know, that pigs are, Mm -hmm. are going to root around for food. Mm -hmm. So that's how they ended up rolling the carpet, which can you mention what time that happens in days of the week people, if they want to see
2: it? So it's kind of one of those, we wait till the weather gets consistently warm enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, once those morning temperatures are, you know, steadily above like 55, 60, we'll start being up there. Um, We try to do it three to four days a week. But again, if it rains, the pigs aren't big fans of the So it's weather around. permitting yeah. and usually like right at 9 a.m.? Yeah, right before 9. Um, yeah, we're up there and they have the carpets ready for us and the pigs roll it out. And yeah, like you said, we try to focus on those natural behaviors. So goats, they're great climbers, so we have lots of climbing. And then I even like to talk about goats love to chew because every kid's been in the goat yard and the goat was chewing on their shirt. <laughs> so we taught the goats to ring a bell just by utilizing that chewing behavior. Mm. And then the pigs in the show, we have bowling pins, but we talk about that natural rooting instinct. So they just knock those things over. And then we have chickens that ring the bell, but they naturally peck at things. They're just trained to peck at the bell. So I try to talk about exactly the natural things that the animals do, but have some fun with it at the same time. Definitely. What do you think is your favorite
0: behavior that you've trained for these specific animals?
2: I think the most challenging. So um, we talk about recycling in our show. So we have the pigs take a bottle. So I hand it to them. They take it over to the recycling bin, drop it in the bin and come back. So I think it was just, it was a lot of steps. Because pigs, they naturally like to root and push things, but kind of holding something and walking, it took a little, a little longer, but it was really good for me just to try to, you know, work through it all. And then again, teaching them where to drop it, you know, because they might just carry it and drop it somewhere. So I think that behavior took the longest for me, but it was really good for me, you know, to figure out how to work with the pigs. That was a fun one. Yeah. It was like a challenging moment for for you and you
0: succeeded. Yeah. So if somebody were to come to the show, what can they expect as far as like length, and what would they be doing or
2: seeing, and Mm -hmm. just kind of like, what age range do you think it's best for? I think it's best for younger kids. Like, the goal to me of the barnyard show is just that fun element. I want kids to have fun. I do try to have those underlying messages, so we have a striped skunk in our show. So again, it's a lot of barnyard animals. Of course, kids see how smart and cool they are, but then I also want to talk a little bit, because kids see maybe a skunk when they're out in the yard, or maybe they see an opossum or a raccoon, and I feel that sometimes we think these animals are pests, or we, like, we care about lions, and we care about giraffe, but we should care about our animals that live in our backyard, too. Absolutely. So, for sure. we have a striped skunk in our show, um, and so that's a great opportunity to talk What's about how... their help. name? So, Delilah is okay. helping us out right now. Great. Um, so anyhow, so she comes out, we just talk about skunks, and I think, it's so cool, because after, after the show's over, so many kids come up and say how cute that skunk was, and that's the goal for me right now, is I just want you to think they're cute, and... Cool, And then I want you to grow up and be like, that skunk was really cool. I care about it. What can I do to help those skunks? Because I talk about, and maybe for the parents it helps. i like, these skunks eat the cockroaches, the spiders, the rodents that you don't want living in your house. Like, maybe those little messages, oh, the skunks are okay. I love yeah. that because it's interesting how, unfortunately, a lot of people grow up just hearing
0: from adults in their lives that skunks and possums and yeah. raccoons are gross or bad or yeah. dangerous, which is very hardly often true in any sense you know like especially you know these days I think rabies is almost non-existent and and so many different things that people worry about but the more you know and the opportunity to see it in a cute and not like in the dark maybe but in a cute fun way and makes you care at the very least not cause harm maybe you aren't going to go out and save raccoons but you at the very least if you see them
2: in your trash you aren't scared or going to do something to get rid of them or yeah and that's kind of my goal for now and then hopefully eventually we could keep yeah. Maybe down the road you want to help. But for now, at least, I just want you to think they're cool and you don't go out of your way to want to get rid of them.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's definitely going to take some time to kind of get do away with those bad stigmas that some of these animals have unfairly, like Jenna said, unfairly gotten, unfortunately. But it starts with the younger generation, right? It starts with the kids yeah. who grow up singing mm-hmm. at the Barnyard Bonanza. See Delilah and yeah. get to experience So
2: it. <laughs> we had a striped skunk named Nova who passed away recently. So Delilah is filling those shoes and she's okay. doing amazing. Hmm. So... um I've had this girl that's come to the show for a few years and she always has a striped skunk stuffed animal. Aww. And she said that she named it Nova because she loved Nova Aww. in the show. So I'm like, yes, like, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Like, there's a young girl who's probably four years old and she carries around a striped skunk that she named Nova. That is so cool. You, yeah, Yeah, you know, So incredible. it's really cool that little kids are like, I know they're going to love lions and, again, all the cool, like, Charismatic animals. Charismatic, thank you. But it's like, I want people to care about everything, you know? And I hope that the Barnyard Show helps with that. Because again, Barnyard Animals too don't always get the coolest, you know, hype, so... Maybe it's because I started out with exotic animals and I've always thought they're cool, but now it's like, I want to give a voice to these animals that don't get as much attention and they are really cool as well. Which I think makes your
0: barnyard show the most important one, honestly, out of all the things, like we do need to love the things that are near and dear to us, or sorry, that's not the right saying because they're not dear to a lot of people, but like around us, something that we can actually see or make an impact on, like in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I think it's just easier to love the exotic and like, I don't know, there's some sense of danger or something with certain animals that people are drawn to or I'm not really sure why it ends up that way, but Mm -hmm. every animal has its own really cool thing about it. And skunks... I think it's one of
1: those grass is always greener type of things where it's like, we've got these animals in our backyard. They're all native here. We want to see what's out in the world a continent away or whatever, right. and it's yeah. easy to get drawn to, but, yeah, it's definitely important to protect those native animals that we have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But you've mentioned a lot of the animals that, over the years, you've kind of cycled in and out mm-hmm. as they might retire or finish up with the programs. Yep. What animals do you currently have in the program? Yeah,
2: I realize I never answered your question about what is a show. I was like, oh, yeah, I never said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so right now we have four different goats that help us out in the show. Um, we have three pigs, the three little pigs. Uh, we have, so... Harold and Wilma are two rabbits that are only four months old, so hopefully here in the future they'll be in the show. But right now, play is so much fun for them. (laughs) Every time they're out, they just want to run and popcorn (laughs) and be silly. So I don't think they'll be in the show anytime really soon, but here in the future. And then we have Delilah. And then we have two chickens, Gertie and Doris, that are also helping us out. We have our runner ducks. Uh, And that's kind of what the show looks like right now. So it's about 15 to 20 minutes. And again, there's just lots of moments where someone comes up on stage. And man, I wish I could get everyone that raises their hand. So what I do at the end... Yeah. And so what I do at the end is it's a dance party. So everyone come up on stage. That way everyone can get a chance, if they want to, to get up on stage. Um, And then we dance it out. That's so cool. That's awesome. I can't wait to bring Lincoln this summer. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah.
0: So do you have a bunch of people helping you behind the scenes? Like, how do you manage all of these animals while you're actually training and speaking, which props to you also like doing these behaviors while entertaining
2: people and like watching the animals and stuff is, is hard to do. So it's a team obviously. So just because I'm at front doesn't mean it's just as important as what's going on backstage. I always say like, it's like the heart. I feel like it's like the, they're pumping everything out. And if the heart isn't great, like everything isn't great. So everything that goes on backstage is just as important as what goes on. At the, what I call the front of the stage. So yeah, we have someone backstage that's essentially, yeah, releasing the animals, recreating them. We also have, um, we do a sound ourselves. Wow. So we just recently updated our sound system, so now you can be doing sound in the crowd, which is great because then you can see exactly when you should hit play for that. It is kind of nice because when you're backstage, I don't even know how they did it because everyone did a great job. (laughs) You're hitting play, but I'm like, how do you know that you should be hitting it now? But people were always figuring it out. But now with our advanced technology, we can be out in the crowd. Fancy. Yeah. (laughs) And so we've even talked about having, like, a kid press play at the right time, you know, and that's something we still just... How can we keep getting kids more involved, even with hitting play? Like, you know, thanks, Jeremy. He just hit the, you know, that song. Mm-hmm. He started it. I mean, we could play around with that.
0: That's just- a really good idea. Yeah. The more inter- involved, like, the more yeah. they're going to take away and, like, exactly. remember that and yeah. want to make a difference in the, in the future. So that's, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So do you have, like, a favorite animal or a favorite part of your job or something that, you know, people may not know you're doing also as a
2: children's zookeeper? When people ask about my favorite animal, if I think of an animal, I instantly think of all the other animals I didn't say. So I never have a favorite animal. Because <laughs> right. like, people are like, who's your favorite pig? And if I were to say a name, I'm only going to think of the other two, and then I want to change it. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> people I, usually get mad if, we, if you ask who their favorite <gasps> yeah. is. Yeah. So it's okay. Because it's yeah. a battle in your head. You're yeah. trying to think, and then you're like, no, it's actually that one. What, what if it was that one? So I don't have a favorite animal. Depends on the
1: day. One of those things. That, that's
2: yeah. fair. <laughs> yes. I think what I, what I do love just... Like we all know, every animal is individual and they have their own personalities and it's just really fun to get to know those personalities And because I always think it's a team. Like how do we work together? You know, like it's a back and forth communication. Um so I again I don't I just love the training aspect just because it is that back and forth and you get to develop those relationships and
0: will you talk a little yeah. bit about the training? Like sure. Uh, explain. I think we've talked a bit, talked about it once in a while on here, but like operant conditioning in mm-hmm. general or how you might you know, capture these natural
2: behaviors they're doing, but change it into something like Mm -hmm. recycling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we do a little bit of capturing and like the shaping process. So Nova, one of our striped skunks, she had started offering what we call this moonwalk behavior. (gasps) So we had her in a classroom. I think she smelled something up high. So she was just like doing a moonwalk, walking backwards. And so it was one of those at the time she knew what a clicker meant, which essentially we had paired a, a click sound and food. So anytime she heard that sound, she was going to offer that again because she wanted that food that came along with it. So her moonwalk we captured because she would just sit around a classroom moonwalking away. So we would click <laughs> and feed her, and she kept offering that behavior. So then over time, we just kind of gave her a little hand signal, which was a simple thing. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we've done some capturing of just behaviors that are offered that are really neat. And then we've also shaped behaviors. So we always just try to figure out what's reinforcing and motivating to an animal. A lot of times it's food, but Harold, our new bunny he is so motivated by scratches because he's on free feed right now. So hmm. right now, like just working on crate training him, but he's not that interested in that piece of lettuce because he has grain all day, but he loves scratches on his head. So it's fun. Like he'll come over to me, but if I'm kind of have the crate nearby and I'm trying to get him to crate, like I know he wants me to scratch him, but it's like, if you just get in that crate, <laughs> I'll scratch, <I'm> you. <laughs> scratch you. So it's like, again, we're figuring out knowing that individual. And so essentially it's just trying to get them to offer something. And then you reinforce it with food or scratches and then once you have established, like, a little step, then it's, like, the next step. So it's all about those small steps. Like, again, I wouldn't, like, people, I think, sometimes when they start to train, they they try to go so far. Like, just think about that little step that's getting mm. to you to the end goal. Like, with the pigs recycling, you know, the first thing, I was just trying to get them to hold something. Hold something, you know? And then even if you just took a step, like, I would get them to hold something and just walk away quickly. and like, where are you going? And then they would start to come towards me before they even realized they hadn't dropped the bottle. You know, like because that was the next goal. And then it was like, where are you going? And then when do I drop it? You know? So you just have to think about the little steps getting up to that desired goal and be really creative too. Like if you're going down a path with your training and it isn't working, it's okay to kind of change course and try something different. Cause I've definitely, I mean, everyone has, you know, you're, you're just not making the progress you hope for. So it's just being really patient, really creative, knowing your animal, like knowing like how much you can do with that animal before they're like ready to do something else. Yeah. Um, but I do, I love it. And there's always things to learn with training that the field's always advancing. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's really cool. Like the whole goal is communicating with animals. Why Mm -hmm. would we want to be good trainers? Like that's the point, you know? And I think it's cool. I do think training is definitely for some people and not for others. And the people that
0: are into training and are really good at it, it's always so impressive to me, but I think it is, like you mentioned, it's communication and finding out what your animal will be motivated for and you know, kind of just building that relationship, which is one of the most like rewarding things Mm -hmm. to me. So training kind of comes back into that and like the relationship building and trust with your animals and finding out what their favorites are. So what are some of the like pigs
2: and the goats, what are their reinforcers? So pigs, food, they love food. I mean, they love, if it's a sunny day, they love some belly scratches, Okay, (laughs) but they're always going to choose food over that. And is it any specific food or they're like, give me whatever. Usually it's gimme-whatever, but grain is just the easiest because it's clean and dry and it goes in a pouch easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually use grain for them during a show. Uh, goats, um, it's usually food as well. It is funny, too, like talking about different personalities. We have four goats that help us out. We have Micah, Orion, Buzz, and Collins. I feel like I didn't say their names earlier. I was like, i got to go back and say <laughs> yes. And Luna, And and Flo, I didn't say the duck names. Um, but it's just fun, too, like working with the different goats. So, for instance, uh, Buzz and Collins, they're younger goats helping us out. They have different preferences on the grain that they like. Oh. So that gets complicated when you're making up your show pouch. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of um, every goat, just because it's grain, maybe it's not the same grain. So sometimes you have to figure out which grain they like more or even which produce they like more. And then it's like, oh, man, it's a buzz show. i got to use this. Or, oh, it's a Collins show. It's better for this. So, yeah, so even if it's food, certain individuals prefer certain things, too. So you have to, yeah, when you're putting together your food for the show, you have to think all that through, too. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's really cool that you're able to, like, see the long haul, though. Like, you're able to build those behaviors so slowly because, like you said, a lot of times people only see the end result and they only see this pig recycling this bottle and they're like, wow, I'm going to teach my pet to do that or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) no, this took 10 or 20 steps just to get there. But I'm curious, have you ever been in the middle of a show, asked for a behavior, and then the animal just didn't cooperate for whatever reason one day? How did you react? How did you handle it?
2: So Buzz, he's a great example. So he and Collins, um, they're brothers, and they could not be more different. So Collins is like high energy, so eager, so ready to do things. Buzz, he's like slower. He likes to check out the world. Um, so he he knows all the behaviors. But when so he started doing shows last summer. So again, obviously when crowds first start coming in, and last summer we hadn't seen people. So oh, Buzz yeah. and Collins, they're also two animals that they hadn't seen people for most of their young life.
0: Yeah, Collins
2: didn't bother him just like people you know we're all different um buzz I think it just took him a little while to take it all in and see the crowds so with those guest interactions so buzz one of the things we do is ask him to go give a handshake so the very first show we had the sweet little girl she has her hand out she is in perfect position so I go to ask buzz to go give her a handshake and he sees her I think he was just like he wasn't used to seeing people <laughs> he, just, he just left and went backstage. <laughs> Honestly He's care. like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah and that's, it was just silly, and the girl had a good time with it. I think... I brought out, like, another animal. I can't remember now what we did. But again, I think the kids, like, they're just happy to be on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they may not even know anything goes wrong if you don't act like it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, even though I think I probably was like, he's going to give you a handshake. And then he was like, I swear he shook his head no one said, I can't. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> he's a pandemic baby. Yeah, I, was
0: to say, <laughs> exactly I feel right. like
1: I can relate to that because I feel like every one of us at some point yeah. through post-COVID life have had a, a situation where you're just like, nope, I can't handle yeah. this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: And yeah, I think buzz exactly being so young in his like young years he didn't see people so yeah he just takes things a little slower he's doing much better now he does give out handshakes good <laughs> but
1: you're able to keep your cool in the moment but yeah just you just have fun roll with, with it, with it. Yeah. yeah
2: things go wrong all the time i think the biggest thing that happens in the show is we'll have someone up a guest helping us out but someone like the sister had to come on stage too oh but yeah oh. and that's and so we just go with it we figure it out because it's cute too like the older sister's like, come on, you know, and I'm like, so we just go with it. So then if like, most of the goats, they can handle doing lots of handshakes. Buzz, he's not ready for that. But (laughs) let's say it's Micah, we just, you just have to go with it. Like everything is, or we'll have kids come on stage and insist they've got to take that bowling ball and head out. And then you just, you just (laughs) hope the bowling ball returns. Like, you just have to go with everything. And that's why like, people like, oh man, you do shows every single day, but every show is different because it's such like, kids are so involved in it so that every show is different. I think that would add so much to it. Yeah. Mm. And so you just have to like, go with what happens and have fun with it because that's that's what you do. And it is fun. Like, I think it's hilarious when a kid needed to take that bowling ball and just head out to their mom. <laughs> like, in the middle of the show, like, you're talking about something else. And a kid, because it's very, like, because, again, kids go back and forth. And I think when kids see other kids going back and forth, they think it's Oh, yeah, they can get game up and join. Yeah. It. I want to go get that toy and I'm going to go ahead and play with it. Yeah, you just have to go with it. And it <laughs> happens all the time. Or we have the runner ducks. We have kids feed the runner ducks. A lot of times, because the ducks come out really excited and fast, coming right over to the kids. There are times when a kid drops the bowl and just runs. Just oh. oh. scared. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, maybe I need to call on just slightly older for that. But it's hard when you have this excited kid and you're like, can you handle it? And then you go for it. And sometimes they do. But there are some times where it's too much and they drop the bowl and take off. And, I, and then usually at the end of the show, I make sure that they come on stage and dance and everything's fine. And yeah.
1: fine. Run off by a couple of (laughs) ducks. That's adorable.
2: Yeah. How often are you doing the shows and what times will they be this year? So we start April 1st. Um, We're going to do them Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays at 11 and 2. And then um, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we'll add Mondays as well at 11 and 2. And then in the fall, we'll do one show a day um, at 11 from like through September, from Labor Day through the end of September. So does it help that you have like multiple animals that can kind of yes. rotate out since you're doing so many. Exactly. Um even though certain animals I think they want to do every single show. Oh, Magnolia and Micah. They that, want to do every single show. That's like so I feel cool. like when they I have like really other
0: yeah,
2: I feel like when I have so I always say their names like when I go up to their habitat where they live because I'm just trying to communicate this is the one I need. But Micah and Magnolia, I feel like they're always like <laughs> I didn't and get they, chosen like, again. <laughs> and Yeah, I feel like they would happily do every single show. Um that's yeah. so cool that they have
0: fun and enjoy it. And I mean, obviously none of them have to do it and right. they're getting rewarded exactly. and it's all, you know, yeah. operant conditioning or, you know, their mm-hmm. choice essentially. But it's really neat when
2: you see an animal that wants to participate and it's really yeah. obvious and you're like, sorry. It's and the- I feel like that's our goal since again, that's kind of their job. We need to figure out how to make it so that it's fun for them too, you know? So that's always the goal. And so it's nice to see when they weren't, well, I mean you want them to be chosen, but yeah. I'm like, okay, we're doing everything right. All ready <laughs> yes, <to go>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. what does the rest of your day look like in children's do when you aren't doing shows or you aren't training? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you guys know, every day is different. So obviously the, the most important thing is make sure your animals are healthy. Make sure, again, they're getting something enrichment every day. Their diet is made up every day. It's correct. It's right. Um, but then every day is different. So again, we're out, like I said, walking a lot of animals. There's habitat maintenance. Fence lines are you know, falling off I mean, also with us being out in the crowd, it's like make sure there's no trash anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And our animals too, again, since a lot of people can come up and interact with them. I think a lot of times it's just kind of going up and checking in and I mean there's always raking and cleaning. So it's it's kind of everything, you know, setting up for the show. I mean the show itself, you know, runs fifteen to twenty minutes, but before that you're getting all the props, you're crating up all the animals. And then after the show you're, you know, taking everyone home, you're cleaning all the crates. Um, and then you do it again, you know, that afternoon. So it's busy. I mean, you're very busy, but I mean, the days go by fast. Yeah. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the whole show for you is probably about an hour of a time commitment between your prep work at the start and then your closing yeah. work the end. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And then again, like something in the show, like, oh man, the animal, like something was off, like the animal didn't do it right. So I got to like maybe train it in between shows and see what I can do to communicate better because mm-hmm. clearly like. It's always on us, right, that mm. I didn't do something right, or, you know, so anyhow, like, if something goes wrong, you got to figure out when you're going to practice with that, too. Yeah. But
1: to do that twice a day, man, you guys are busy over there. <laughs> yeah. A lot, yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. Do you take
0: the animals out for walks just when it's opportunistic, or do you have, like, schedules, or are there some that
2: need more exercise than others? So, yes to both. Um, I feel like once we get in the groove of the show, since right now we don't have the groove because we're about to start, I think... It's a little, but I think we kind of find this groove. So it's like, oh, the pigs are always getting out at this time. The goats are getting out at this time. pack alpaca this time. So I think we do kind of get more into a schedule. Um, but I think it's also a little bit of both. Like if it's a perfect day, you know, let's get this animal out because they're better in this weather. Or, you know, or again, when it's too hot, you're like, we need to try to get all these walks in in the morning. Oh, and then we maybe have- we save some cleaning for later. Hmm. Like you just have to be really flexible too, like to get it all done, but still do it when it's best for the animals. So if Mm -hmm. you're a guest
0: coming to the zoo, it's just going to be a random surprise if you are out Mm -hmm. and about and you see pigs walking by, or llamas, or alpacas, or goats. Um, And are the
2: visitors allowed to touch the animals or interact with them while you're out walking? It depends. Most of the time, yes. Um, We always try to be proactive and talk about when is a good time to come up and touch. I do also love when guests always ask if they can Mm. touch. I think that's the best thing. And I always try to reinforce that. So if a guest asks, I try to say yes. It is hard when it's really crowded because I would love everyone to get to touch that animal. But if it's a a large crowd and you're walking through and you say yes to this person, you're instantly people. Everyone. And then I found, because I've tried it, but I want to make sure the animal's comfortable... I've also found that at the end of the day, sometimes if it's really crowded, I eventually have to keep going. And I think that I uh, honestly upset more people than maybe. So it's tough, uh, like, yes. navigating what's the best to do. Like, get this group and really give them the best experience. Or then I feel like some people kind of get upset because they can't touch. So you kind of have to go back and forth with Right, touch, you and you means. still have to, like, keep the animals moving yeah. and give them back And make sure they're comfortable, too, because, again, on a crowded day, you know... Yeah, everyone closes in on them, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's again thinking about what's best for the animal first, and mm-hmm. then we want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to have a good experience. But we got to think about the animals first. Definitely.
1: What are the llama and alpaca names?
2: <laughs> we have Willie, and then we say Zach and Quick, but it's actually Alzaca and Nestle's Quick.
1: Alzaca and Nestle's Quick. So those
2: animals, um, they are not fans of being touched. Okay. So we usually will walk them in the morning before it gets too crowded. Mm-hmm. So typically between like 9 and 10. If they get out, that's when we'll walk them. But yeah, they're large. They're impressive looking. They're very
1: impressive. They're my not. I know you just said you don't have favorites, but they're my favorites (laughs) to see walking around the zoo. I love it every time. And Willie, he's a social
2: guy. He loves to go up, and the way he likes to say hi is he just wants to go up and put his face right in your face. (laughs) And I always tell people if you're really still, Willie will be all over smelling you. But if you try to reach out, that's when he'll probably take a step back. So if Mm -hmm. people do a good job just being still. Willie, he loves to get up in people's faces and smell. And Is he a llama or an alpaca, and can you tell us the difference? Sure. So he's a llama, and then the other two are alpacas. The biggest difference I always tell people, uh, llamas are usually bigger. They're the animals that have been used to help carry things. Um, alpacas, it's more about their wool. Um, so we actually have two different types of alpacas, which is kind of fun. We can talk about the different fleece. Uh, even though Willie, our llama, he's pretty small. So when I say that, I'm like, but in this case, but again, individual, he's a pretty small llama, but typically they're bigger. And then there's all these things with like the ears, like the llama has the more banana shaped ears, which he does. But I feel like it isn't that different. Like if I say that, cause I see it, but I feel like if you don't see the llama alpacas a lot, it's hard to like, so I mean, I get it. It's hard to tell them apart. I feel like the alpacas though, they're just, they're, they're fluffier on top too. Okay. But again, it is hard sometimes to tell them apart. To me, like the uh, the llamas' faces are longer, so they're all domesticated from that's the South American camelids. So the vicuñas and the guanacos. Even though I'm not sure how to say that, I feel like people say that word differently. Um, so the alpacas are domesticated from the vicuña, and then the llamas are from the guanaco. Okay, yeah.
0: I've
1: heard I've heard both. I've heard guanaco okay. and guanaco. I've heard the, a lot of different pronunciations. as far as I'm concerned, it's right. You're correct. Like, <laughs> <Everyone's> <laughs> Everyone wins.
2: Um, but again, similar similar climates are their original ancestors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Up high in the mountains, too. So, again, they like it cold. I mean, in the wintertime, you'll, like, go out there and they've just got... I mean, they have a shelter, but I think they just like being out in the elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's their, like, native... So, again, if it's snow, they'll have icicles hanging from their eyes. I'm like, are you fine? And I guess oh so. Gosh, fine. Fine. Are you fine? Yep, I sure Yeah, am. And we shear them once a year, but obviously we do it, uh, we'll do it here soon. So April, okay. May. That way it's nice and short, and then it's nice oh. and thick again for winter. What mm-hmm. do you do with it? And can we have some for enrichment? Yes, okay. absolutely. So, um, yeah. So a while ago we had a team program who would actually spin it and show people how to do so it. So cool. I was going to say, oh, I cool. thought we
0: used to Pre-COVID. get it, and then you were doing
2: something with yeah. it. Yeah. And- Yes, yeah, so pre-COVID, which I know things are slowly coming back, so we'll see if that comes back. But no, we're happy to give it out for enrichment. We've saved it. And I feel like we have. If yeah, not, we'll in the sure. past we've gotten it, yeah. but yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if you yeah. started doing something different with and it. And same with the sheep, too. If you want yes, some sheep, we'll. absolutely. Yep, the sheep get sheared as well. John and Amani, dogs, they okay. love all that. Yeah, yeah. all our animals yeah. love it. <laughs> absolutely. I
0: love having like help from other animals. So we collect you know, the sheds from snakes, and mm-hmm. like when we do um, hoof trimming on our giraffe or elephant, elephant work on elephant feet. feet. Yep. Um, we will give those shavings or parts of these animals to predators and they usually go crazy for it and roll in it and it's a lot of fun. Our pigs are
2: scared of snake skins. Really? Mm -hmm. So interesting. They're so just like chill, confident, no, snake skin. And I remember, um, I don't know if it's the same now, um, in the cat show, Francis, when he was young, he was also scared of snake (sighs) skin, which is why I was curious to see these pigs. And again, maybe that's changed. I haven't seen Francis recently. Trying to think of like a natural history moment,
0: that would make sense. Why I think it's be smart, though. I mean, yeah. avoid, I mean, I guess babies could maybe be predated on by yeah. snakes.
2: Yeah. yeah, snake skin is, yeah, naturally, like, we do not want to be a part of that. Huh. Yeah. yeah, fun, different types of That's enrichment. Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome, though. Your llamas and alpacas remind me, if we used to have the Bactrian camels in Wildlife Canyon, and they were the same way, you would be in the middle of an absolute blizzard, like, want nothing to do with being outside they're just chilling yeah. they're hanging outside yes. covered in snow enjoying mm-hmm. life like <laughs> yeah. and in the yeah.
2: summertime they love the sun too so the train goes by and so zach he loves to bask in the sun but i mean you might think he's dead but he's fine he just puddles out in the sun <laughs> just flat and i feel like i see kids like, oh, like it's fine he's oh, just he's like okay. getting some sun because there's like this great pocket of sun and again the train can really get a great view of the llama alpaca <laughs> he's just
0: Huddled wow. out scaring all of the guests. Just getting yeah. his midday nap. <laughs> Our I nap, nap. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh. Uh, do you have a quiz for us today? Oh, I do
1: have a quiz for you guys. Okay. Eunice, if you're up for it. I'm, let's do it. Yeah? I'm
0: interested to see what you what you came up with. It's, for it's this a bit topic.
1: just like the barnyard show. It's a bit of a hodgepodge. Okay. We've got a little bit of everything in the quiz today. You know, Eunice works with she tells you, goats, ducks, pigs, chickens, skunks, chickens, scons, a little bit of everything. I think so. I
0: want,
2: Baby rabbits, come on over here. Yeah. They love me. I know.
1: You. That, how long do you think they'll be on the show for, like next year, by chance?
2: That's that's the hope. How long I'm does hoping it take even for this you? fall. I, I don't know. It's just one of those. They're just so. They just want to play and popcorn and run. And I want them to get to do that. And again, since they're on free feed, you can't out reinforce play mm-hmm. with a young rabbit. So again, all we're trying to work on right now is confidence with the public. So we have the space and working on creating them so we can create them, let them be out with crowds everywhere and just be confident. And then once we have a little more motivation, maybe from food or other things, then we can start. So we had another Holland Lop in our show. His name was Rascal. He was older and he's also passed away. um, And he would do hurdles in the show. Wow. So the hope is that Harold and Wilma, they can uh, step up and do some hurdles. So we'll see. I mean, I was hoping this fall, but... I don't know. They've got a lot of play to get out, so maybe they can just come out year. for the dance party. Dance party. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. Watch where you're yeah. But they <laughs> get would some
1: be adorable. Energy out. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe 2023 then. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I got distracted by baby <laughs> rabbits. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was my <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one for you guys. We talked about our skunks that we have in the program. Delilah right now mm-hmm. used to be Nova.
0: Yeah.
1: Skunks are known for spraying to deter predators. Mm-hmm. How far can a skunk spray?
2: Is it 10 feet, roughly?
1: 10 feet on the nose. You oh, didn't nine even need a second to think about it. <laughs> 10 feet on the nose. Yeah, skunks <laughs> can spray 10 feet. They say the odor can be smelled from about a mile, a mile and a half away, which is pretty strong. But like we talked about with all these native animals, if you just leave the skunks alone, mm-hmm. yeah. don't pester them, don't badger them, they're going to leave you alone. So keep I'm, your distance, respectfully. I'm not
0: <laughs> totally sure about this, but I'm sure it takes a lot of energy to... Like spray and
2: probably is their last resort. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. They do all that, you know, they're stomping their feet. They're, bushy tails like the spotted skunk does that fun little handstand yeah i agree that's the last thing they want to do because of all the energy it takes
0: so it's most likely going to be like a dog or something pestering it enough it, if you just walk up to it and see it yeah, yeah the cars are probably the worst issue for skunks but yeah. Yeah. as far as like if you would come across it if you see it and back away i'm sure you'll be fine it's yeah. gonna yes. run the other way yes, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: definitely they're more scared of you than you are then just give them some space and you'll be just fine definitely 10 feet i'm impressed all right. We talked about some of our bunny, baby bunny rabbits we've got in the show coming up. How old was the oldest rabbit on record?
2: Oh, hmm.
1: Named can tell Flopsy. What,
2: can you tell me what type of rabbit?
1: Oh, I do not have what type hmm. of rabbit in front of me.
2: Hmm. The oldest rabbit. I don't know. I don't know the average lifespan I mean, of a it rabbit. It depends. Like the bigger rabbits, I feel like oftentimes they don't live quite as long, but the smaller guys can live a little longer. I'm gonna guess 18 feel like that's
1: Ooh. 18, Jenna. Do you have a guess?
0: I don't know. I guess my guess would be the average is like seven or eight, but I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So I guess 12?
1: So Eunice is almost on the money again. Oh my gosh. 18 years, 10 months. Oh my gosh. 10 months, wow. 10 months. And almost 19 So more than
0: double, like an average? Yeah,
1: average lifespan. So his name was Flopsy, Flopsy. lived in Australia. Oh, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> we love Australia. Yes. <laughs> Alright, moving along now to the goats. When was the first goat believed to be domesticated?
2: Oh. Timeline's on really bad. Oh, me too. Aren't sheep, like, kind of, like, one of the real first? That uh, sounds right to that me. That sounds right to me, yeah. So then, uh, but I, I'm really bad with my timelines. Mm-hmm. I'm about to embarrass myself. <laughs> I I, know I don't want to say anything to him. I was worried when I said sheep, but I don't want to embarrass myself.
1: Sometimes I, I give these off-the-wall questions just to embarrass Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It works well, it's
2: not
0: too
1: hard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. guessing 1798.
0: 1798? <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you're looking at him like, <laughs> he's like, well, so that's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> my role today. <laughs>
2: Alright.
1: Jenna's saying 1798. <laughs> no, I a
2: wanna guess. <laughs> you should. No, you guess first. I'm gonna thing. guess earlier. I don't I'm gonna guess on record?
1: Because we gotta talk not, about not not on record, just believed to be.
2: Oh oh it's gonna be early, right? We're gonna be like what are we considering domestic? True. That's very vague.
1: That is very vague. That's a valid point. Domestic is a kind of a loose term. So yeah. No. I'll take the blame for that one. 1798.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say 1300.
1: 1300. All right. The first goat was believed to be domesticated about 10,000
0: years ago. <laughs> 1798. It's hard for me to even like accept that people were around. People were around, around that long ago, ago. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's believed to be about 10,000 years ago in the Middle Eastern region, Mm -hmm. like the Iraq, Pakistani area. um, 10,000 years ago. 10,000 years ago. And they said Neolithic people started to domesticate them so that they had constant access to milk and meat.
0: So smart, unlike me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But once again, Jenna, like, you're right, though. Domestic is a bit of a loose term. Like, I don't... I don't think that 10,000 years ago, goats were walking across planks in the barnyard show. They were jumping that
2: hula hoop. Uh, maybe the flaming hoop, but. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make me feel better. On
0: to the next. <laughs> on to the
1: next. All right. In what state, this is another one that's believed to be, there's no proof on this one, but believed to be. In what state is the oldest barn believed to exist in the United States?
2: Oh, in the U.S.? In the United States, Oh, so yes. it's going to be young.
1: Still standing. In what state?
2: I was about to say 1796. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said also what state?
1: Yeah, in what state, yeah. What state is the oldest barn believed to exist in the United States? This is the barnyard program, you know.
2: I'm going to say Massachusetts.
1: Massachusetts? Jenna?
2: Um, I have,
0: like, literally nothing to say <laughs> this off of. I'll go with... The Texas.
2: Texas. <laughs> it is
1: actually Massachusetts. Oh my gosh! Eunice yes! is knocking this out of the park. I didn't know she... I just was,
2: thought of when people started hanging out. That's true. just picked point. over there. Yeah,
0: I'm like, let's pick the furthest point. And
1: <laughs> and Eunice did some prep for this. She was clearly <laughs> doing some YouTube, research. You
0: You told her the question. She talk. was doing some research. <laughs> it's
1: believed to be in Salisbury, Massachusetts. About 370 years old. 70 years old. Wow. 370.
2: So that would put it at... What year are we in? <sighs> 20. Too much. Yeah, 22. yeah I can't. was it seventeen <laughs> hundred? A long <laughs> time ago. I was just Not answering that. Out. Yeah, exactly. I knew yeah. that. Time. I knew that. Good foresight. <laughs> Good yeah. foresight.
1: <laughs> All right, last question for you guys. There was apparently a TV show in the sixties called Bonanza.
2: What? Which
1: I had no idea about until I was curious. Yeah, was so that your this. show?
0: Is the Barnyard Bonanza? Barnyard Bonanza. Not Yeah, I don't know. Barnyard think Bonanza.
1: Did. Where is the term Bonanza supposedly originated? What? I, that's what, I was like, where did they come up with this term, bonanza? So this like,
2: name was given to the show when I started, and I just kept it. Oh, okay, so I don't okay. know where it, the roots of that.
0: Like, what country are you? No, no. This? Like,
1: what's like, what's the? What does it refer to? I guess oh, originally, Nanza. like, what does bonanza party. originally refer to?
2: I would go with party as well.
1: Party you guys aren't too far off, so it's believed to be originated from um, like the gold and silver rush. When there would be a strike of ore, they'd say it was a bonanza. Oh, And then like crowd
0: kind of a crowd
1: would come out to the ore celebration. Yeah, like I'm sure they were partying when they found gold and silver. <laughs>
0: yeah. They'd be bonanzaing away. <sighs> like the closest I got to almost getting something (laughs) 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 wrong. I'm gonna make you do the next quiz. Like animal
2: facts or something that That's why I feel like I'm the worst at sometimes. Yeah, You'll play trivia like oh it's about animals you're gonna be so good and then the pressure's on and then I'm bad. Um, The pressure's on. The last quiz
0: he did asking about African the African apartment in general, I did the worst out oh, no. other than this quiz, so <laughs> they're tied.
1: That's all I got for today, right. though. That's oh, all man. I got. But no, those, those questions are tough because it's hard to even believe anything existed 10,000 years ago, <gasps> let alone domestic animals. Oof, that was a rough
0: one. All right, Eunice. I have another question. It's not a quiz, though. What can I do? Is there anything you talk about in your show? You mentioned, you know, we're trying to get people to love native wildlife and to respect them and, and the fact that there are going to be animals you may not know much about in your backyard. Um, but do you have any, what can
2: I do? Yeah, so again, going off that, we try to talk about, again, with our striped skunk, caring about native wildlife. I think the biggest thing is they need a home. So we have to think about what can we do to help provide a home. So one thing that we do talk about in our show is we have an owl box up. Um, so that's something that we just talk about is because owls don't all the time build their nests. They oftentimes look for a place already, whether it's a trap, a tree cavity. So if you put an owl box up in your yard, depending on the type of owl you're hoping to attract though, you'd have to put it facing different directions, even the size of the box. Maybe the height or something. Yeah. So if you see an owl or you're trying to
0: attract a certain species, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe do you your want research. research. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A great reason to want to attract an owl other than because you want to see them in your backyard. Yeah. So you can
2: build a nest box for owls, Mm -hmm. and they'll come use them. Yeah. Or I know you can, again, do the research on, like, buying the right type of box, Mm -hmm. too. But, yeah, and we always... Again, people want to know, what does that animal do for me? So that animal's going to eat all those little rodents that don't end up in your house. And, again, I always want to... I know people also want to know, like what does this animal help us with? And I think that's important to talk about.
0: I really like that one because one, it's simple. It's just straightforward. Like add an owl nest box to your yard somewhere. If you have the right type of, you know, surrounding habitat, but owls are able to live in many different types of habitats, Mm -hmm. depending on the species, of course. But um, I think that's really fun. Owls are super cool too. You're more likely going to hear than Mm -hmm. see in the wild. But I I think that's a good one. I encourage everyone to consider that. Yeah, that's an easy one. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, and, and not, it's not like something you, you
0: have to do every day. You do it once, yeah, and you can make a difference.
1: And like you said, not only does it help with like keeping rodents out of people's yard, which obviously no one really wants rodents in their yard. Mm-hmm. I would argue that rodents are healthy and good for your yard, but you know the normal person probably wouldn't say so. But you but, also like, get right to see out. Yes,
0: so they are population yes. control yes. for the right reasons. Because I think and
2: a natural one, no poison, yes. no traps. Yes, because I think again, since we've eradicated so many predators, I think now we have extra rodents so I agree mm-hmm. like we want everything at the right level but it's like how do we get back to that it's like we need to bring, bring back some of those predators to keep some of those other animals where they should be because we mm-hmm. don't want to eradicate anything we want it to be right
1: bring <laughs> yeah. back that balance yeah, yeah that balance. balance of the there ecosystem for sure yeah yeah
2: that one has yeah. like a
0: direct tie for to sure. giving an owl somewhere to nest and sleep and also helps you and can be really cool to see if you're lucky yeah. enough to have one join yeah
2: yeah,
1: yeah awesome Eunice, we really appreciate you coming on and telling us about the Barnyard Bonanza and sharing all the work that you do with us today. I know all the kids I see around the zoo, like, we talk about all the time. You want to see the lions and the tigers and the charismatic animals. I don't know how many times I've seen kids walk around just absolutely floored that they got to see a goat walking around the zoo. Or the Barnyard Bonanza show so much fun. I know kids enjoy it, so it's definitely making an impact.
0: I think it is one of those things where you will take a memory away Like, a stronger memory from meeting an animal than seeing it, like, through the glass or, you know, from far away, like a lion. So, I think it's really important that you guys are doing this and bringing the animals out to people to meet. And, again, talking about native wildlife and animals that people might actually be able to make a difference with in their own backyard. So, yeah, very cool. Everyone, check out the Barnyard Bonanza. I can't wait to come this year. It's been so long. And thank you for being here. Yeah, Yeah, once
1: again, one last time. They said coming up summertime mm-hmm. thursday through sunday 11 and 2
2: yep and then uh after memorial day we'll add mondays as well okay yeah awesome
1: yeah. come thanks. and see the show it's a blast you're sure to have a good time It's the bonanza. It's a- <laughs> 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 which
2: means
0: <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna leave thanks guys
1: thank you all